Thank you, Rian. Great to be with you all. Yeah, great to be with you all this morning. Um, I keep promising myself this is the last time I say it, but Happy New Year, um, and this must be the last time um, that's it. You can't just like go on saying it forever, can you? Um, did you? You saw how far? How far did you get? Wow, that's impressive. That's impressive. Um, so I don't know if any of you saw. We put out a little um, video this week that um, Mike um, brilliantly helped us to edit together. A little five-minute summary of um, um, something that I preached in Central last week, just really trying to kind of talk about a bit of a focus for us as a church this year. I'm a little bit wary about doing that too often because we suddenly realize that people might just stop turning up and bothering to listen to any sermons and think we'll wait for the five-minute summary. Um, but if you haven't had a chance to see that or if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, you, you need to get yourself on the email list because um, it went out by email to everyone that we've got um, records for. Um, and that's kind of like a, a handy moment for me to just encourage you to do that. If you don't receive texts and emails from us, um, see um, Mike um, today because he'd love it. But because of all the like GDPR rules now, we have to have like specific consent from you to send you stuff. Um, so, but we'd love to do that. And we send out reminders about stuff coming up. But things like this, we sent a video out that was like, this is what we feel God is calling us to focus on together um, this year. Um, and really, we talked about, um, I talked about a, a couple of lenses, if you like, that when you go to the opticians, the, the optician puts those funny glasses on you and, and puts different lenses in and, and says, does it look clearer with this or without this? And, and we talked about two lenses that we felt would help us as a church to stay focused on what God is calling us into this year. And we talked about the, the lens of discipleship and the lens of mission. Um, and that's really kind of um, fitting that we're, we're going through the book of John because those are really two key themes that we'll see again and again and again as we go through um, the book of John. So, so we want to encourage you um, as you're reading John uh, and in all different areas of, of your life and of our church life together, we'd really love it if we could keep coming back to these two key areas and keep asking ourselves about discipleship and mission. Um, how is discipleship going in my life? By that we mean, to what extent am I following and becoming more like Jesus? How can I follow Jesus better, for want of a better word? How can I follow him more closely? How can I learn from him more? How can I see more uh, of his life in my life? And how can I grow in mission? Uh, so we'd, we'd love to be pursuing that together um, this year. Now, when it comes to John chapter 1, it, it's a tough one for a preacher because there's so much in there. There's so much that we to choose from, if you like. So um, I don't think very often you'll find us preaching a message that tries to summarize the whole of a chapter of John because there's so much going on. So often what you'll find us do, those of us that preach, we'll, we'll pick something um, that we feel God is saying through that particular chapter. But as Rian said, really want to encourage you. Again, we thought it would be great if all of us in the church were reading through John together and we can be talking about, well, I really was blessed when I read this particular part. And so you won't just get a sermon from someone who preaches on a Sunday, but hopefully you'll get lots of messages from one another um, as we talk about what God is saying to us as a community through John. 
So, of course, I could have taught this morning about um, John the Baptist's testimony, how Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I'm doing something cheeky right now. I'm telling you everything that I wanted to preach, but I'm not preaching. But I'm preaching anyway by telling you um, how he's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, how he's the one who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. I could have um, taught you about when Jesus called um, Philip and Nathaniel, how, if you remember, Nathaniel was amazed because Jesus saw him under the fig tree and he said, I tell you, you'll see even greater things than this. You'll see heaven opened and the Son of Man ascending and descending. Um, and um, all these amazing stories that go on in John chapter 1. But I think um, where I really felt um, for us to focus our attention in this um, bit of time together is in the first 18 verses of John 1. So that's what we're going to um, read together. So John 1 um, verses 1 to 18. So if you've got um, either a paper Bible, any of you still reading paper Bibles? Woohoo! Um, but phone Bibles are equally as good. John 1, 1 to 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. And out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. It's an amazing um, passage that John writes as an introduction to his gospel. And John's gospel is, is written that we might know who Jesus is, that we might know him as the Son of God, that we might put our faith and our trust and believe in him as God our Savior. Um, and that's why John is writing this, this gospel account, that we might know him and that we might believe in him. And, and so this is how he introduces his gospel. He says, in the beginning was the word. Now, that word, word, um, in, in the original Greek is, is logos. And if you, think, if you think kind of like, you know, people say, don't they, what's the word on the street? 
Yeah, what's the word on the street? Or um, have you heard the latest word? You know about this. It, it's it's something you can know, isn't it? It's and and when John says that about Jesus, that in the beginning was the word. What he's saying is, is Jesus is the way we can know. He's the way that we can know God. He's the way that we can um, know who God is. He's the he's the knowability of God. Yeah, he's um, what we call the, the self-revelation of God. He's God on display. He's, um, if, we were, if we were saying this today, we might say he, he's the PowerPoint of God. Um, he's, he's how we find out about who God is, how we can. He's the presentation of God to our world. In the beginning was the Word, Jesus. God wanted us to know him from the very beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus um, didn't just um, suddenly come into existence when he was born as a baby in Bethlehem, but Jesus always has been the eternal Son of God. He became a human baby at a certain moment in time, but he's always existed as God wanting to make himself known to us. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. You see, the life that is in Jesus becomes light to us. Now, light is a very common metaphor in the Bible for revelation about knowing about something being revealed, about us understanding, about us perceiving who God is, about us receiving the truth of who God is. We talk about seeing the light. Um, it, it speaks of things being revealed to us. You imagine you're in a dark room, you can't see anything, you're trying to find something. What do you do? You switch the light on because light speaks to us and, 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 and we understand it, don't we? That when there is light, we can see things, we can find things. And, and so, John is saying that Jesus has the life of God in himself, that he is the life of God, that when you meet Jesus, you receive light. You can see who God is. You know who God is. That's why Jesus says later on in John chapter 14 that anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, has seen God. If you see me, if you get to know me, if you encounter me, you'll get to know who God is. And so what we will find throughout John's gospel and throughout the other gospel accounts is that again and again and again, Jesus puts on display who God is. In Jesus, we find the compassion of God. In Jesus, we find the mercy of God. Of God. In Jesus, we encounter the wisdom of God. In Jesus, we encounter the justice and the righteousness and the holiness of God. In Jesus, we discover the power of God on display as He heals the sick and He raises the dead. In Jesus, again and again and again, we meet through the life of Jesus, we meet the goodness, the magnificence, the awesome power the love and the holiness and righteousness of God. We sang this morning, what a beautiful name it is. 
What a wonderful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. In his life, we see light. He opens our eyes. We see Jesus and we say, wow, God is amazing. He's awesome. He's powerful. He's loving. He's kind. He's just. He's merciful. He's tender. Just think about what you have seen of God as you've met Jesus. As you've encountered Jesus in different ways at different times in your life. Think about how through Jesus you have seen light. It's opened your eyes to who God is and to how much he loves you and to how much he's invested in your future with him. His life is our light. But you know, in John chapter 17, Jesus says this is eternal life to know God. How do we know God? through seeing the light of God that is in the life of Jesus. So think about it for a moment. His life is our light, but that light enables us to know him, which becomes life to us. So his life is our light, but that light becomes our life. Yeah, As we see the light in him, as we get to know him, as we encounter him more and more, we receive his life in our life. Right at the beginning when we saw the light, we were born again. We began a new life in him. We sang this morning, oh, happy day. He washed my sins away. I came out of darkness and into his light. And I saw his light and I received his light. And that light began a new life in me. And I began to live a new life in Jesus. And his Holy Spirit came and filled me so that I could live the life of God. When we have his light, it produces his life in us. Just as if we were like sunflowers growing. The more light that we receive from him, the more it produces life in us. And here's the thing. When we have his life in us, we become light to others. When we have his life in us, when we start to live his life, when, when we produce that fruit that you heard in the, in the advert for the men's conference, when we have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, when, when the Holy Spirit starts to produce the life of Jesus in my life, that life of Jesus in my life becomes light to the people around me. Because in his life, we have light. So if his light has produced his life in me, then his life in me can then become light to the people that I interact with. His life in you can become light in your workplace. His life in you can become light in your community even before you ever hand out a tract, even before you ever get as far, and and I'm not, belittling this because I want us to get as far as sharing the gospel in words. I want us to get as far as being active in our community and, and, and expressly and explicitly explaining this amazing gospel. But even before we get that far, just the life of God at work in our lives becomes light to the people around us. 
to the, to the person who's in a family where not everyone is a Christian yet. That life of God. You know, the Bible expressly talks about even the example of a husband and wife, perhaps, where, where one is a believer and one isn't, and says, but actually the life of God that is in you will be a light in that situation. In Matthew um, chapter 5, I'll turn there and read it. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14. Jesus says this. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This light that we've seen in the life of Jesus is supposed to produce the life of Jesus in our lives. So by getting to know him more, we receive more and more of his life. By experiencing him, by encountering him, we receive light. And that light produces his life in us. And that life in us becomes light to others around us. And we're encouraged by Jesus here in Matthew to say, don't hide that away. Don't put that under a bowl or a basket or a bushel or whatever you know, translation you read. Don't hide it away. Don't put it under the bed. But actually, let that light shine. Live this life of God. Just live confidently this life of God on display so that people can see. And the idea is, the more and more light you see in Jesus the more and more what it produces in your life will become light to others around you. We read in this passage that Jesus is light and life. We read as well in John chapter 1 that Jesus came full of grace and truth. And I was thinking about that and just the connection really. You see, the grace of God produces life in us. We live by the grace of God. The grace of God is his undeserved favor. And, but it's not, just, it's not just getting out of hell and getting into heaven. The grace of God is so much more than that. It's not just a kind of theoretical doctrine, but the grace of God is how we're called to live every single moment of our lives. The grace of God is God's favor upon us. It's his smile towards us. It's his spirit poured out in us. It's, his, it's him empowering us and enabling us to live this life of God. The life we live, we live by his grace, by faith in the Son of God. He enables us to live his life. It speaks to us, doesn't it, about discipleship. That actually... The life of God is reproduced in us. And sometimes we need help with that. Sometimes we need, just as we were hearing, and it's not just for the men, it might be in that particular conference, but all of us are called to live in community together, aren't we? We're called, we can't do this on our own. We're determined to see that life reproduced in each of our lives. This is our dream for the church that we would not be indifferent to one another, but that we would be determined 
that actually we, we have to see. I'm so determined. I want to see. Let me start with my own life. I'm so determined. I want to see the life of God. The life of God that is in Jesus Christ reproduced in my life. And I'm so determined that that would be the case that I want to be part of a community where I know there are people around me who care about that for me too. In other words, they're not just trying to do it for themselves, but they care that I reproduce the life of Christ in my life too. And they want my help to reproduce the life of Christ in their life, but they're also ready to help me to see the life of Christ in my life because we're determined that as the church, the life of God should be on display in Withenshaw. We're determined that, that in this community, people should be able to see the light of God, that they should be able to see light because his life is at work in our lives. Jesus came full of grace to enable us, to empower us to live that kind of light. But of course, he came full of truth because we couldn't begin that life unless we knew the truth about who he is. And it speaks to us of light and it speaks to us of mission. That actually, as we live this life of Christ, that we are ready to explain the truth to people, to explain the gospel, that our lives become a demonstration of the gospel, light and life. And you see, what's amazing about this introduction in John is that he says, and this God, this Jesus, who is light and life, he became flesh. And he lived amongst us. And he did that. And because he did that, we can know him. We can, we can experience this God, this amazing, awesome, omnipotent God who knows everything, who sees everything. He's all-powerful. This amazing, incredible creator of the universe. We can know him. He's knowable because he became one of us. And he lived amongst us. But now he sends us. He sends us into our communities, into our neighborhoods, into our workplaces, because he still wants to be known. Because he's still the word of God. He's still the word on the street. He's still, he's still how people can know how awesome and loving and gracious and kind and just and compassionate God is. But he's now present in you and me. He's here, living in the midst of Wivenshaw, in you and me, putting his light and his life on display. People can know him. People can know him. But to know him, they need to see light. And he produces that light by manifesting his life in his people. It's a wonderful, virtuous circle. Um, his life is our light. When we live in his light, we are filled with his life. And his life in us is light to the world. So we need to work out, as we read through John together, as we pray together, as we pursue this together, as we maintain those lenses of discipleship and mission together, we need to work out what does it mean for us to live in his light what does that look like? How can we live in his light more than we do so that we can be filled with his life and that life in us can become light in the world? So I've got three questions for you that I'd like to kind of leave with you um, as homework. 
Um, you might want to think about them just for a moment now. So after I've read them out, they should be on the screen as well. Um, I'll pause for a couple of moments for you just to think, and then we'll pray. But I'd love to encourage you to kind of try to take some of these thoughts away with you and reflect on this and pray about this as well. So firstly, what steps can you take to know God better? I'm thinking there about this idea of God's light and how we know him, uh, and that becomes life in us. But how can I know him more? How can I live in his light more? What steps, what practical steps might you need to take as an individual to know him better? Secondly, can you think of specific ways in which you would like to see more of his life on display in your life? So there may be specific things that the Holy Spirit wants to challenge you on and say, actually, here's an area for you. Do you know what? Don't try and be the full perfection of Jesus like by tomorrow morning. Okay, you might be disappointed. Um, it's a lifelong process that God works in our life. But what particular areas um, is God highlighting in your life right now? Maybe in, over the course of this year, or maybe it's something immediate that you, you know that God has been talking to you about for a while and you need to deal with straight away. But for all of us, there are always ways in which God is saying, I want to produce more of my life in you in this area. And then thirdly, can you think of at least one person um, that you would love to see more of the light of God? If you're called to manifest that life, and that life is supposed to be light to people around you. Can you think of at least one person? You can have more if you want. But, but be specific. People who you, who you encounter on a regular basis that you could be praying and that you could be asking God and saying, God, I want them. I want to pray specifically and consistently for that person because I want them to see your light in my life over the course of these coming weeks and months. So I'll just pause for a moment and give you a chance just to pray, and then I'll pray for us all. Jesus, I want to thank you that you are the light and life of God in our lives. I want to thank you that we've met you, that we've encountered you, that in you we have seen light and we have received life. Lord God, we so want your life in us to be light in our world. And so we're praying, Lord God, that you would help us to respond to these and all the other questions that you will raise for us as we read through John together and as we take these ideas of discipleship and mission seriously this year. Lord, show us what we can do to draw closer to you and to know you more intimately and to be transformed by your presence in our lives. Lord, show us ways in which we can manifest your life in our own particular circumstances. And Lord, help us. Help us to truly be light to those people that you've placed in our families or into whose workplaces you've sent us, into whose neighborhoods and communities you've sent us. Help us to be 
the light of your life in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys.